0: Hi, I'm Celeste Headley and you're listening to Women Amplified. So it's the end of the year. We hope that means you're taking the time to slow down and get the rest that you really deserve after a busy fall season. After hosting three big two-day conferences in three months, we're planning to get some real rest ourselves and recover. But we wanted to offer you some of our favorite recent episodes to help keep you company while you're recharging for 2023. The break of the holidays can be a very natural time to take stock of your life and your career. Is a problematic boss causing you some distress? Stay tuned for some expert advice. Today's listener finds herself in a tough situation, tough but maybe familiar. She really likes her boss personally but can't function within the scattered and unstructured manner that her boss manages the team. Struggling to manage people, projects, emails, and meetings. So what does she do? Well, there is nobody better to answer that question than our guest expert, Mary Abijay. Mary has more than 20 years' experience working with organizations on issues just like this. And she's the best-selling author of Managing Up, How to Move Up, Win at Work, and Succeed with Any Type of Boss. Together, we'll offer tips and tricks for managing up, addressing personality differences, and some effective strategies for better working with your boss, even when your styles differ. So let's get started. Alright, so... Lynn, first, give us an idea of what kind of work you do and what kind of workplace you work in. So I am
1: in the pharmaceutical industry and I work in quality assurance for document control and quality systems, which also does include the training aspect of things.
0: Okay. And your issue essentially is that your manager isn't functioning as efficiently as they can. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes, most definitely. Okay, so give me some specifics here. What is going wrong? Truthfully, I feel that she
1: is in a state of, it's an unstructured and undefined environment. Hmm. So unstructured in that the team is a, we're right now, we're a group of four. We were five at one point. So we're a group of four. There's no specific, aside from knowing that I handled the doc control side and one of my counterparts handles the training side, there's not a lot of definition in who's doing what structure of projects, meetings. We have a lot of last minute one-offs, five minutes before a meeting. Hey, can you jump on this meeting with me? And then you're asked to drive the meeting without knowing. Yeah. There's been times I have to remind her, are you jumping on this meeting? Or, hey, did you see this email? The responses are typically, wait, what meeting? What email? I have 4,000 emails. Okay. Yeah. She's very involved, which is a wonderful thing, but sometimes too much is not good. A lot of external, both personal and clubs or activities as well as everything internal that she could possibly join she joins i am looking at it as maybe it's a distraction mhm there's been times i've been on meetings addressing situations and she says I-, I have to go and when i look at the calendar i see it's one of the club meetings and i literally said the last time i said oh is it this club yes yes i said oh i have that on my calendar too but I don't have time to join it because I have to figure this out. The response was, I got to go. I have to go and jumped on the other meeting.
0: So it sounds like she is just taking on too much so that she cannot take care of her core responsibilities. Right. And I think, my, let me apologize
1: in that. I probably should have started it off by saying she is a quality systems manager with no quality systems experience. She has vocalized this to numerous people multiple times. Okay.
0: And have you spoken with her about any of this?
1: Absolutely. I've asked for structure. I've asked for let's go through all of our projects. Let's you and I work together to build this team. We know what's going on. My last discussion with her literally went... Cindy, I even went and checked your, we did one of those evaluations of personality. I said, I even went so far as to go into your office, look at your blocks to try to figure out a better way that maybe I can communicate to you. And I said, at this point, I don't know how else I can ask for structure in any other way, shape or form. And what was
0: her response?
1: She takes it well. She apologizes. You know, I definitely want to work with you and try to create this environment. I explained to her, I am a very structured person. I like structure. I like process. I'm willing to admit that maybe I have to loosen up on that a little bit. I have no problems doing that, but we have to start somewhere.
0: Okay. And then we fall right back into the same process. Okay. So it sounds like chaos let's bring in our expert because <laughs> I feel like I have a good, at least a beginning sense of what's going on. And we have exactly the right person for you, Mary Abajay. Her book is called Managing Up, How to Move Up, When at Work and Succeed with Any Type of Boss. She's the president of CareerStone Group and she's got 20 years, at least 20 years of experience in this area. So Mary, this is your wheelhouse, is it not?
2: Oh, my gosh. I am just sitting here like (laughs) biting my tongue. So, this is such a classic case of managing up. So, I'm just going to dive right in if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, first of all, Lynn, I want to say you have my deepest empathy on this situation. I, too, am a very structured person. Chaos, impulsivity, scattered brainness drives me cray-cray. And so before I give you some kind of tough love and some advice that is gonna be very pragmatic, let me say like this would drive me to distraction. So a couple of things I think that I just wanna recap that I think we know. One is that her style of management isn't your cup of tea. It's a little scattered, it's not very structured, and it is not really working for you. Okay, is that right? Absolutely. Okay. And I believe that you have talked with her boss about her style management. Is that right?
1: I did. I mentioned it. I brought it to his attention about three years ago. And I was greeted with, well, I understand she's got a lot on her plate.
2: So what we know then is that her bosses are okay with her performance in some way, shape, or form because they're not going to do anything about it, right? And so we know that. And here's the other thing that we know based on your story, that she's not really going to change who she is. Yeah. So given that reality, we've got to figure out a way that you can work with this person, whether she's going to change or not. So she's not a bad person, right? She's not like a tyrant or a narcissist or a gaslighter or a bully or a freak show like that, is she? Absolutely
1: not. (laughs) Love, love, love her. Wonderful person
2: outside of work. All right, so here's my tough love for you. When we are dealing with a boss, we have to realize that, a boss that doesn't work for us, we have to realize that they're not going to change who they are. We can make requests for how we want them to manage us or interact with us. And it sounds like you've done that. And like any request, some people aren't capable of making them. So when you're faced with a situation like this, I want you to think about it that you have three different choices, okay? This is what the Buddhists tell us. Your first choice is to really just deeply accept it. Accept who she is, accept her flaws, and just be okay with it. Like don't get all wrapped around the action, like that's who she is, that's who she is. And so finding a way then to actually be okay with that, that's choice number one. And that can be really hard. Choice number two is to find something that you can change about the situation. And since we can't change her, we've got to figure out what you can change either in your attitude towards her or in the way you interact with her to make the relationship work for you, for her, and for the organization. And the third choice that you have with something like this is quite frankly to leave the situation. And that is to find a different position in the company or to find a different job. Because we know the management of the organization, isn't going to do anything about her style of managing. And we know that she isn't going to change. So it really then comes up to you, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to find a way to work with her? Can you accept the way she is? Or do you feel like you're at the point now where you need to leave? So I've voiced my
1: opinion about looking for other positions within the company to both her and At the time, her manager, we had a little bit of a structure change, an interim. So her manager stepped up and another manager stepped in to be her interim boss. So I've definitely voiced that I want to look for something else. Okay. I've also just recently spoke with my counterpart who's been very nervous about being vocal. And I've got him to a point where I said, look, maybe if we get together... I said, and this is not an attack. This is not, we're trying to get her fired. We just want to make things better. Maybe if we both go in with a united front, discussing the issues, giving bullet point examples, maybe we can go to our interim manager who does seem to want to make changes, present the scenario and say, look, how can we restructure this team for better outcomes?
2: Yeah, that sounds like that could work. What is the rationale for that? So, like, when you're going to make a request like that, what is the business case for? Like, can you pinpoint to how her management style is actually making the team less productive or less positive? Absolutely. In the
1: times that we're told to jump on meetings, we're pulled away from other work, the lack of structure. Has us working on multiple things. Our efficiency, our timing is just all over the map. Again, what are we producing? If we're being pulled over here and sent over here and told to stop here, there's things that are falling through the cracks that are not
2: being addressed in a timely
1: manner. So it really touches on a lot of areas of the business.
2: Okay. Your strategy is to try to remove her or to try to get. What? I don't
1: want to remove her unless management feels, hey, maybe her strengths could be better used in this area. Our area of QA is comprised of multiple departments. A better structure, perhaps maybe we put her more into, if she's a senior manager, that's another thing. She's always diving down into all of our activities rather than focusing where she needs to be and letting us run our shows Technically. So, if we could restructure it and have management be more specific and give her specific guidelines and structure, then we can then have our structure and we can all work in a more cohesive environment.
2: Yeah. And so, what are the odds of you think them doing that? And are you going to present a structure?
1: Yes, I'm going to present a structure. Like I said, I literally just spoke to my coworker, my counterpart this morning. He's in agreement. We're going to put together a carefully designed layout with no threatening tones to it, just really for the betterment of the department, which will overall benefit the business and ask for perhaps she gets some more alignment in her realm where she should be as a senior manager and stays away from, you know, the levels with the exception of a higher level, just
2: following up. Yeah. Well, I think that's absolutely a strategy to use. What's the danger of that strategy, though? I'd like to say I don't think there is one.
0: (laughs) I'm laughing only because there's always a danger. I know. know.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, potentially, if they do speak with her, depending on how they choose to go about it, it could backfire. Mm -hmm. But at this point, if that's what happens, then that's what happens and I'll adjust. I cannot do another year In 2022, as I have 21,
2: 20, and 19, I can't do it. And that's where I really want to go next, in case it does backfire. So on a scale of one to 10, Lynn, with one being I'm totally chill and 10 being I am going to kill someone or my head is going to pop off. What are your emotions towards this person in this situation? This person in this
1: situation, I would say is definitely a nine.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, so one of the things that happens to us, and maybe this won't be that meaningful to you, but for other listeners, so, and this is a very common situation, sadly, that I find with my clients where there's a real serious mismatch between the management style and the person being managed, the team. And so what happens is that when we start getting really frustrated with the other person, because as you said, she's not a bad person. She's just a bad boss. She just ain't very good at managing people. She's not a good manager for you. And so what happens when we get into these situations is that we actually get trapped by our amygdala, our reptile brain, and we go into the negative emotional State, which is not good for you and it's not good for your performance. Because that literally, when we're in the amygdala, when we're emotionally hijacked by somebody else, then our cortex, our smart part of our brain, ceases to exist. So as you're going through deciding on your strategy, I really would encourage you to try to get out of the hijack of the emotional situation. Um, This is really for other people experiencing that. And try to look at the situation with a little bit of emotional distance. Oftentimes, I will tell people, you know, this is really about emotional intelligence in some ways, which I'm sure you have tons of, but it's about really looking at this person and thinking, wow, what must it like to be them? Having a little empathy what is this person going through? Like uh, giving somebody a little grace and a little empathy as you're dealing with them can be very helpful because we know that organizations promote people to management based on a whole bunch of reasons, most of which aren't whether they're going to be a good manager or not, right? They're about their technical skills or their experience in something else, not necessarily their experience in managing. So if you were this woman, I'm just going to just double check this for you. If you were this woman What's her experience working with you? I think that she definitely picks up on my frustrations, mm-hmm.
1: but she was also aware that I have her back. Yeah. I will always go above and beyond to do what I need to do. She knows that. That's why she comes to me often. I'm trying to visualize it. So I'm trying to be fair. You know, what is her? I'm sure she gets frustrated with me sometimes. I'm sure she does. Yeah,
2: yeah. I had a young woman once who had a boss very similar to yours. And she was just so angry at this woman and just making this woman out to be this villain, which you are not doing with your bustling. And I said to her, you know, for two weeks, I want you to go to work and I want you not to be so damn angry at her. Like have a little empathy for what her, your boss is going through. And about two months, I gave her a bunch of other strategies. And about two months later, I'm at a, an industry event here in DC and her boss comes up to me and says, I don't know what you did to my employee, but she's a whole new person. So I always wanted counsel people when they're dealing with someone who's really frustrating to check to kind of see what your contribution is and how that person may be experiencing you. It sounds like you've done a lot with this person and tried to work it. So this is really more for other people. But the another thing I would say is, have you considered going to her and saying, hey, I know we've had these conversations and it's just not working. Quite frankly, you know, I I love you. I want to support you. And I don't think you're right for this job. I am going to go make this recommendation about a new structure. Like, have you thought about doing that to her? Like really letting her know what you're going to do ahead of time?
1: So I would say that I've had the conversation up to where I say, I'm going to recommend that you go to another line. Again, she has exhibited some territorial, I guess, actions that I've picked up on. By the way, I loved everything that you said earlier about having the empathy because I have definitely over the last four years ran that train. I was angry. I was frustrated. (laughs) I'm like, she's got to (laughs) go. And then one day I finally, I've been doing a lot of work on myself as well, doing, as you mentioned, the emotional intelligence. And I've now taken that step. And I think having gone through those courses has gotten me to this point now where I said, empathetically, I do need to address this, but I need to address this in the best way for not only myself, but for her as well. Because I understand her personal needs. There's things outside of work that are also influencing. She has a ton of personal responsibilities that she's managing and trying to manage everything else. And when I took that time is when I realized this woman's just got so much going on. We need to relieve her. Let's take the plate and and instead of one big plate, we make a bunch of little plates. Yeah. And that's why now I'm proposing, let's go talk to her now interim boss with the proposition of, hey, maybe we need to move her into something a little different and try to pull back the skin or the scab maybe on this situation as much as it might be a little bloody or a little hurtful, a little painful. But I truly am going at it with the most empathetic way that I can for myself as well as her. Because as I said, as a person, I love her. I do.
2: Good for you. That's really important. And I'm, I'm glad you're approaching it this way. So let's talk a little just bit about the political dynamics at play. Just before you do this, just want to make sure, and Celeste, jump in if you have any thoughts on this. <laughs> so you're going to go to her interim boss. like. So tell me about how the interimness works at your organization. My experience is interim bosses are loathe to make any big changes. So is the timing right, or is it better to wait until there is an interim? So just talk, Celeste, and I through that a little bit. Am I right, Celeste, about the politics of that? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Politics
1: is a slippery slope for sure. So at in the interim, I'm assuming it works the same in most companies, right? Somebody leaves, somebody steps in, potentially they then secure that position. Not sure that that's going to happen here. However, this individual, I've also taken some steps to reach out to another manager, senior manager in our group, who is wonderful and loves to mentor people. And we spend about an hour on the phone and she goes, I hear you. And we're working on things. So he is actually identifying that the quality organization as a whole, we have a lot of work to do. And they're now recognizing that some things need to change and some structures need to happen, including restructuring. So that's why I think this is the best time to approach this situation with him as he's building these you know, new structures
0: and new dynamics. Can I just jump in for a second? Because I want to build off something that Mary has already said. And she's already sort of given you a clue into how you can use your knowledge of Brain science to your advantage. And there may be a place that you're missing here because I think Mary's right that going to an interim boss, it can be a tricky proposition to carry that off effectively. However, if you guys have a good relationship, there's no reason why you can't engage her in the problem solving. So if you go to her and say, here's my issue. And not framing it as in, here's the way you're not meeting the needs I have. (laughs) Right. Here's the issue I have getting my job done efficiently. This is what is getting the way of my success in my job. Can you help me? Can we work together on this? Here's my idea for it. I'd love to get your feedback on my proposal. And I feel like maybe we can help each other because you're clearly overwhelmed. And maybe we can help each other with this. What do you think? Well, I love it, Celeste. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and I will
1: say that I definitely have attempted that, but I will preface it with, I've attempted it, but at a much softer level. And to your point, maybe I need to beef it up more. And instead of what I'm going to bring to her interim manager, maybe I present it to her, to your point.
0: Yeah, and again, whereas people have a tough time if you go to somebody and say, here's all the stuff that you're doing wrong, they are literally going to be in a defensive position. And by that, I mean exactly what Mary was saying. You are in, engage their amygdala. They take that verbal feedback just as though it were a physical attack. Right. And so the conversation is basically over. But we also know that people who disagree with each other on almost every possible level we'll work together to solve problems and puzzles. Yeah.
2: And the other thing, Celeste, I completely agree with you. My other concern for you, Lynn, is... I don't want this to damage your reputation. Yeah, Like, I don't want people to think, oh, that Lynn, she just did an end run around her boss and got her boss, you know, canned or whatever. So I want you to be able to go through this process and come out smelling like a rose and not the other way. And I agree with Celeste, like if you can engage this manager in problem solving, in restructuring, you're probably doing her a favor because she is overwhelmed. So I really am digging what Celeste said. No, I like
1: it as well. And and I am happy to give that a try. So here's my question. There's two aspects. One, I'm still trying to work through. What about this situation where the, the quality systems that she's managing is not her realm? So is that irrelevant of everything? Because look, this is the situation we're in now. So let's just live where we're living and just try to make it
2: better. Or does that something that still needs to be addressed, that she's out of the realm? Well, I think that depends on what her role as a manager is and what the organization expects from her. So that is is very basic. A manager is about setting the conditions. For his, her, their employees to be successful. It's about removing obstacles. It's about making sure the team has the resources and the direction they need. I'm not the kind of person that thinks you need to be a technical expert to be a great manager. It can help, but it also can hurt. So I am not sure. This would depend on your organizational culture. Do they require managers to be technically expert or at least experienced in their realm? I would say your better case, and you are building a case against her, which let's just say it what it is, is really around the impact of her management style and how that impacts either productivity or positivity on the team and how the team could be better.
0: Right. Okay. And also you have to figure out how you sell that to her. Yeah. And I don't see that going over fairly well. Yeah you're listening to Women Amplified, that's a good question. Real people, action-based problem-solving, expert advice. If you enjoy this podcast, rate it and review us on whatever platform you're using to listen. Your recommendation means so much. That's how the podcast grows. That's how we get a bigger audience. And that's how we help all kinds of women to get really great advice from brilliant experts. If you're looking for more inspiration, head on over to conferencesforwomen.org and then click that subscribe button. Our monthly newsletters are just jam-packed with all kinds of insights, inspiration, tips, advice, all kinds of things that just might help you succeed both at work and in your personal life. That's conferenceforwomen.org slash subscribe. Now let's get back to our conversation with our listener and Mary Abajay, the best-selling author of Managing Up. Going back to the empathy part, the empathy actually can be super informative for you. And by this, I mean, keep in mind that she gets home every day and she thinks to herself, I did the best I could. Mm-hmm. I had to cut some corners, something slipped by, but I took care of the things that took priority and I did the best I could. That's how she's most likely seeing it. Right. And I think
1: my other concern is that because she already has a heightened state of protecting Her ground. So, to add a little bit more to the situation, is that she's the only breadwinner in her home. And she's also older, which she's expressed. She realizes we're getting older in industry, and we all know, like it or not, some industries, people can age out, we'll say. And I want to definitely approach it from the most friendly, concerned, empathetic way that I can because I know myself well enough that I can be a bulldozer in you know my frustrations so I know I'm going to have to work on dialing it back and just really going in there from her side of it maybe is the best way to to present it
2: yeah well I will just say it is a Big move that you're about to make. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that you're really thinking about the pros and cons if this doesn't go well for you. I mean, if it doesn't go well, if they look at and they say, yeah, no, we're not going to do this. She's just fine. What kind of position does that put you in?
1: Yeah, that's true. And to your point, I don't want to stir the hornet's nest.
2: Yeah, you don't want to burn any bridges. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't. And that's really the saddest thing is I truly... Despite my frustrations, I truly, truly just want to make it a better environment and a better, again, I keep using the word structure, not just for myself, for her, for all the whole team. And I'm really going at it with that in mind, Yeah, but it could backfire.
0: Yeah. But here's the thing, Lynn, as much as you are thinking Of the team, you are equally thinking of yourself in your own situation, which is 100% natural. That's not a knock on you. That is natural, and that is, of course, how we all think. So, you might want to take a tactic that has been used in a number of hospitals when they are trying to figure out what went wrong and how they prevent things from going wrong again. The way that they do that is they all sit down to the table and they say, okay, here's what happened. And each person around the table is gonna say their narrative from their perspective, what happened from beginning to end, beginning, middle and end. And the reason I say that is because rather than making assumptions about what's happening with her, what her priorities are, what she's thinking, how she makes these decisions, you need to hear from her. And that's gonna make the problem solving better because we all only have our own perspective, right? It's the cliche of if two people watch a parade, both of them are going to see two different things. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you're missing some valuable information, which is why is she managing like this? What are the choices she's making from her perspective? What is happening on your team? And then you can begin to problem solve.
1: So would we do that in a group setting? I would worry to a degree that, she could feel more threatened that way. Perhaps if we're all, you know, she may look at it as being ganged up on.
2: Well, I think this is something you'd probably want to have an external facilitator come in and have some problem-solving conversation. We do this all the time with clients and... It's really about like, all right, what's working well with this team? What could we do more of less of or differently? And there's ways to make it less threatening. And it's the sort of conversation where you don't just have it one time, you have it multiple times. And like, if she doesn't have enough structure and you all want structure, then let's have a conversation as a group about what that structure would look like. And yeah. it sounds like you might, if she goes to you for things, it sounds like you could actually kind of move into to be sort of her fake death. Like, you know, like, here's the structure the team wants to have, and here's kind of the processes. We've really thought this through. What do you think? So it's kind of like kind of slowly taking some of the things out of her role and having the team create it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
1: I started doing that with my counterpart. And the other woman who works with me, I've been trying, I check in with her every day. How's everything going? Do you need anything? What are you working on to try to get a feel for what their day is like, how they're doing? So, and I don't have a problem doing that. My only concern is just hitting the wall. Because as I said, I've already asked her for structure and haven't just said, I need structure, period. I've said, We need to go through projects. We need to see who's responsible for what. What do we have coming down the pipeline? I've kind of laid it all out and said, these are the things we'd like to to work on. But to your point, get more feedback from my counterparts
2: and put a plan together. Yeah, stop asking her, start telling her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like do that. She's never gonna give you what you want, Lynn. She's never gonna be that person. So what your team has to do, they need to create that structure and present it to her. Be more proactive. And by the way, it's going to take her a couple times to get it. So you can stop asking for that from her. Start saying, here's, we've put this together. We'd love your feedback. Here's how we think we should proceed. Okay.
0: Yeah, because if you're asking for structure and she doesn't know how to
2: deliver it. Yeah, she doesn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're at an impasse. Right. And
1: even though my thinking that by saying, let's structure our projects, but if she's not even aware of what we're doing, which is sometimes like right now, we have to do weekly trackers of everything that we do in the course of a day and provide this to her weekly. So part of me goes, does she even know what we're doing? I know she understands the basics. She knows I work in this system and my counterpart works in this system. And and has a very general knowledge, but there's also been experiences I've had with her where I've kind of taken the reins and done something, and I get, well, that's funny. I thought I was the manager. That's fine. You say you are. Yeah. What more can I do for you? <laughs> yeah. My response was almost, well, then by all means, please manage, but
2: I did hold back. <laughs> yeah. And when she says stuff like that to you, you just say, "I'm really trying to help you. I'd love to take more off your plate." Like, you know, in some ways, I'd like you to see like, what are the upsides of this kind of a boss? It sounds to me like the upsides of this kind of boss might be that you have a lot of wiggle room to do what you do and being an expert. Or am I wrong? I think I do. Yes. And I just have been taking
1: things on and pushing through and sometimes it works and other times it doesn't. So to your point, maybe we just need to communicate more, but not just more in words, in actual details, right? I feel like what I'm hearing from you is maybe there's just too much talking and people aren't really listening. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to present more details and that's how we're really going to sort it out and iron it out.
2: Yeah. And and just stop asking her for structure, Lynn. You're not going to get it. Instead, create the structure. (laughs) You and your team can band together and create structure. She's a little bit on the impulsive side. And what we always say when you're working for an impulsive is whether you like it or not, it's going to be your job to put guardrails around it. It's a better team sport than an individual sport. So with her sort of scatteredness and her sort of impulsivity and her sort of lack of structure, I really do encourage you and the team to pull together and create a structure that's going to work for you, that's going to work for her, and it's going to work for the organization. And it's not a formal structure, but it's enough structure that you all can really be productive and positive in your careers, in your workplace. Yeah. Stop waiting for her to give it to you. She's not going to do it.
1: Well, and here's the thing too, right? To be fair, you know we have mid-year reviews, we have year-end reviews. And and she does always say, please, if there's anything I can do better, let me know. So if she's asking for that, then we should extend her that. I think we've all just been a little cautious, a little nervous. We want our jobs. We like our jobs.
2: And one of the things when we make requests, and this is, I'm sure you know this, this is really more for our listeners. People aren't necessarily really good at making what I call effective requests. And an effective request, especially an effective upwards request, is, you know, here's what I need specifically. Here's what it looks like specifically, like really details. Here's why I need it specifically. And here's how I'm going to make that happen. So when it comes to like the structure, you could say, here's what we need. Here's why we need it. Here's what it looks like. And here it is. (laughs) <laughs> you know? like the more work you, the legwork you can do for bosses like this the better off you are and I also want to be really clear it's not fair it's not right. It sucks. Like you get to be like you get to experience that for a moment. But then we have to pull ourselves away from making the other person the villain and us the victim, and figure out what actions can we take to get what we need to be successful, to get what they need to be successful and for everybody. So it's really about kind of getting past us how they should be and figuring out how you can get what you need,
1: yeah, I do agree with that. And again, I try to put myself in her situation would I want my employees doing this to me? And it's not that we're doing it to her. We're just reaching a point of what do we do? What else can we do? Because we think that we've conveyed it to her. But to your point, maybe we haven't effectively conveyed it. Mm
0: -hmm. I just don't think structure means the same thing to her as it does to you. And so when you ask for more structure, she may be thinking, why do you keep asking me for this? I've given it to you. So when you talk about communication, things don't always mean the same thing to different people. Agreed. So yeah, you're going to have to use a different tactic. And instead of treating every single time one of these, you know, the chaos reigns, and instead of treating it as though it's a new surprise every time, (laughs) just know (laughs) that this is how this is, right? Like, it shouldn't surprise you each time
2: yeah Like you know she's going to be late for meetings, so send her a note saying, "Hey, take turns, like don't forget we have this meeting. What do you need from me It's really about thinking ahead of the game for people who aren't structured or who are chronically unprepared or chronically overwhelmed exactly and it's not fair, but it is your reality <laughs> and
1: that's probably one of my most frustrating things. You are hundred percent right and that's what I do. Hey, don't forget about this Oh, darn or hey, don't forget about that and I feel like I've spent my last four positions managing my managers. And a part of me is going, I'm so tired of doing it. Can I just get a manager that manages me?
2: Of course, (laughs) I totally understand that. And Lynn, someday you'll have one. Someday you'll have the unicorn boss who's really perfect. (laughs) But you just haven't had that
1: lucky moment yet. And really at the end of it, once we do all of these things to bring it back to the very beginning, I have options and they are what they are. And if this doesn't work,
2: then it may be I have to look for another job.
0: Yeah. That's correct.
2: And you know what? That's okay. You know, what you want to ask yourself is, you know, when you reach the point where you actually cannot have a fulfilling career or fulfilling work life because the relationship just doesn't work with the boss that you have, then, you know, you need to really consider thinking about moving on. Oftentimes, people get all caught around the axle around the sunk cost of it. Oh, but I've spent four years with this person. I put all this time... Well, that time is gone. What you want to think about, Lynn, is the opportunity cost of not moving. So what are you losing out on in your career or in your happiness by not looking around for something that would bring you more happiness, more joy to do what you want to do at work? So it's really important when you're thinking about this, also take into account the opportunity cost. Where could you put yourself to its next best use?
0: Super great advice.
2: Yeah, and I think the mindset that I've
1: been in, and my counterparts even expressed it, is the devil you know versus the devil you don't. So to your point, yes, I have put in four years. So then part of me is going, you know what, I've already put four years in. I got to do something more. Or to your point, do I go elsewhere? It's a
0: tough call because it does. The, The devil you know That saying only makes sense if there's only devils out there.
2: That's right. (laughs) That's
0: That's the only way that saying makes any sense whatsoever is if the world is full of devils, and it's not. I consider the devils to be the situations. Again, only true if every situation is a form of devil, and it's not.
2: It's not. Okay. (laughs) And the other thing, Lynn, you could think about is kind of called job crafting, but is there a way that you could create a job at your current organization, maybe in the current unit, where it takes you out of her line of authority, maybe as an independent person or something like that? It's one of these things that people don't think about, but if you could actually craft a job that does exactly what you love to do, it makes the contribution you want to make, but it isn't under her sight line, her authority line, have you ever thought about that?
1: I have, and I've started looking at some potential opportunities where I see areas that need to be air quotes fixed, where I can jump in and dive in and fix the problems, so to speak, where I can take control of situations and make them my own.
2: That's something to think about. And when you do that, the same kind of thing around requests, like, you know, really craft out what the job would look like, show the value to the organization, the business value show how you would be able to implement that idea talk about your transition into that and make sure you get some feedback from some people before you pitch it to the powers that be and then make sure that you could even pilot it like you could be like let me spend 30 percent of my time doing this and once you can show the value of it then you move yourself into a newly created position that you have created i like that idea It's one of these strategies that not many people think to do. It takes a little bit of legwork, but when it works, bam, you've just taken control of your career and your workplace experience. Yeah. Is it possible to maybe turn that into my current situation? Meaning
1: maybe what I do is look at the chaos that's going on and say, what chaos can I essentially manage? Yep. And I may still fall under her. But maybe if that's the better way to do it, what chaos can I take and make my own?
2: Yep.
0: Yes, I think that's good. Although you're limiting yourself before you've even started. You're already limiting yourself to what if I did something narrower where maybe I'm still underneath this boss that I can't work with. Mm, (laughs) But yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're in advance. You're limiting yourself rather than thinking big. And honestly,
1: I think a little bit of that is the, you know, a little nervous of making of those changes and those jumps. And and to your point, what are the potential hazards of doing, you know, whether it's talking to her, talking to her manager, making a new job, they're all
2: big items, big actions. Yeah. And so what I love about this conversation, Lynn, is you came in with just one option and I think now you have like four or five or six options. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just read an article, it's probably in Harvard Business Review or something. They were talking about when you're faced with the decision. It was so classic. They're like, you make a pros and cons list. I I love that. (laughs) So take each of these options, name them, like give them a name and write a pro list and a con list. And I think that's a great way when you're sorting through some of your options. And Harvard Business Review thinks so too. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes the simplest solution is the best. Right. So I want to say thank you to you,
0: first, Lynn, for bringing us a situation and an issue that I bet lots of our listeners are either in or have been in at some point in their career. So thank you for that. Most definitely. And thank you for your expertise, Mary, as always. Thanks for
2: sharing your experience with not just Lynn, but everyone listening. Well, Thank you. It was really, its last, and Lynn, it was an honor to be here. I'm always really touched when, because I think your work life, it takes up most of our waking life and I'm always really honored when people share what's going on with them for me. So it was great to be on this. So thanks for inviting me. Lynn, the best of luck to you. I'm going to be thinking about you. So you're going to have to find me on LinkedIn and tell me what happens. Absolutely.
1: Thank you again, both Mary and Celeste for being able to present this option, not only for myself, but again, If my situation can help other listeners, then we're making progress.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of That's a Good Question. I'm so excited to check back with our listener later this year and see how she's doing. And thanks again, of course, to our guest expert, Mary Abijay, best-selling author and president of CareerStone Group, LLC, which is a full-service organizational and leadership development firm. To learn more about her work, visit careerstonegroup.com And be sure to check out her book, Managing Up, How to Move Up, Win at Work, and Succeed with Any Type of Boss. It's available for purchase at the online conference bookstore at conferenceforwomen.org. The Conferences for Women is the largest network of women's conferences in the nation. They draw more than 55,000 women and men to annual events in Boston, Philadelphia, Austin, and California, and lately, online. I'm Celeste Headley. This is Women Amplified from the Conferences for Women. Thank you so much for listening. Be kind and be well.